0: fill up every day at his pump, lest we forget where the gas comes from. Welcome to Follow Me to Heaven, where God's Word is truth and your questions matter. So today we're going to be touching on a portion of scripture that is really well known uh, to many believers. Um, It's about the preeminence of Christ or the supremacy of Christ. Um, So today we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1. We're going to be looking at the first three verses starting from 15. So 15, 16, and 17. And then we'll touch on uh, 18, 19, and 20 after. But yeah, so let's go ahead and let's get, let's read Colossians chapter 1, we're going to read from verses 15 and we're going to read till the end of verse 23. Uh, So this is what it says. It says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing every evil deed or doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. So let's go back to verse 15 and let's unpack that. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So what is Paul saying there? So he... Right. So when he says he is the image of the invisible God, Paul is referencing to Christ. Because before that, we were he was talking about Christ and what Christ has done. It says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, who is Jesus, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now, speaking of him, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. So, there, he, Jesus, the Lord Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. So, we would ask, what does it mean? What does it mean that he is the image of the invisible God? Well, we may be God's children as believers, but before any human being was created, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, he was a son to the Father already. And by him being the image of the invisible God, uh, it denotes two things, right? One would be that God made himself visible by taking on flesh, right? Because God is spirit. We, We cannot forget that, that God is spirit. So how can God make it possible for us to see him even though he is spirit? Well, by taking on flesh. So God made himself visible by taking on flesh. And then the second thing is that Jesus, the Lord Jesus represented God in the flesh. So if you want to know what God is like, look to Jesus. Look to the Lord. That's how jesus represented god in the flesh that's how we can see what god is like we look to jesus we look at christ and then it says the firstborn of all creation right so jesus he existed before anything was created and occupies a position of supremacy over it that's that's a big thing to understand when it comes to Christ being the firstborn of all creation. Um, because people can flip that and change that and make it mean something else. Because it sounds like Jesus was first born or created and then everything else was made. Um, but no, if we want to be faithful to God's word, if he is the image of the invisible God, This is God himself taken on flesh. And if that is the case, he could not have been a created person, right? Jesus has always existed, right? Jesus said, before Abraham was, I am. Jesus was putting himself in a position of, I am God. Before Abraham was, I am. So we must understand the firstborn of all creation is to say that he was before all creation. Right? Because we'll we'll get to it in verse 16, but we would we, we will talk about God, the Son of God creating, and by him all things were created. So apart from Christ there wasn't there isn't anything that is made. Anything cannot be made apart from him. Therefore if Jesus was created well Jesus can't create himself because he's not created. You see it's a, it's a fallacy it's it's just plain logic, right? And that's what we have to understand when when we read Passages like this, that he is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of all creation. Like, what does that mean? And Paul tells us in the next verse, For by him, who is Christ, all things were created in him and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Right? So, at the beginning of that, for by him, again, it's Christ, all things. That means everything. Anything that you can name of that is a thing was created by, by Christ. And then Paul gets to it, right? He, he starts mentioning what are these all things in heaven and on earth. Okay, what does that mean? Well, visible and invisible, right? We can understand anything visible is created by Christ. Right? We look at the stars, we look at the planets, the galaxies, the universe, and anything that is contained within that we can see and perceive with our eyes was created by him. And then we get to invisible. So what are these invisible things? Well, he, he tells us, it says whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities All things were created through him and for him. So not only the visible things that we can see, but even the invisible things that we cannot see. So let's talk about angels, right? The cherubim. All of those, all of the angels were created by him. So if we want to get deeper in that, we start looking to demons. They were created by Christ, but 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 notice this, demons, what were they? They were angels before they became demons. They were cast out of heaven because of their rebellion and their following of Satan, who is also a fallen angel, right? Christ is the firstborn of all creation, even them. Therefore, they are subject to to him they are to bow their knee to him and they listen to him there's many accounts in scripture where they plead with christ and one even says like have you come to torment us before the time and what the demon was talking about was uh they know that there's a set day that they will be cast out into outer darkness right into hell so they understood Christ and who He was. They understood that he has authority over them. Even one pleaded to be thrown into uh, the pigs. right? They pleaded with Christ because they understood who Christ was. Christ is the image of the invisible God. He is God in the flesh. He is God. And for by Him all things were created, even them, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him and for Him. So not only everything was created through Christ, but all things that were created through Christ are meant to be for Him. You can say for his glory. You see, anything that is created was created by Christ. Uh, If you guys are following along or taking notes, look at John chapter 1. So John chapter 1, verse 3, it says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So let's say, imagine two Square boxes One on the left and one on the right Let's say the square box on the left You would put things not created And on the right side Of the uh, the box on the right You would put all things created You would put in that box Everything And on the box to the left Obviously Only thing that is not created Or you would say person would be God, right? The being of God, not created, always existed from before uh, time, long ago. Um, He's always existed. And that's why he's known as the I am, not I was. Scripture does say that he he was and is and is to come. It's to denote that he's always existed, will always exist and forever exist. Um, But yes, so here, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So in that box to the left where it says God, and I ask you... Okay, yeah, so in the box to the left, it says God. The box on the right, it says everything created. Now we have Jesus. I would ask you, where would you put Christ? Well, if you put Christ to the right side, all things created... Well, following this verse, verse 3 of John chapter 1, all things were made through him. If Jesus was created, Jesus cannot create himself because he would be non-existent before he created himself. Therefore, it wouldn't work. So the only place that you can place Christ is the uncreated side. The left side where God is. Making Christ God. And that's what what John is saying. Uh, He begins with verse 1 of John chapter 1 and saying, in the beginning was the word, talking about Christ, and the word was with God. That means he was with God, which means he was face to face with God. He was in a personal relationship with the Father. And the word was God. And also Jesus was God. That's what he's saying. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, not anything that was made was made. Um, so, yeah, so listen to what it says. So I, I was looking through William McDonald's Believer's Bible commentary on this specific portion and it's, listen to what it says. It says, the Gnostics taught that there were various ranks and classes of spirit beings between God and matter and that Christ belonged to one of these classes. In our day, the spiritists claim that Jesus Christ is an advanced spirit of the sixth sphere. Jehovah's Witnesses teach that before the Lord came into the world, he was a created angel and none other than the archangel Michael. Here, Paul vigorously refutes. uh, Talking about Colossians 1, Paul Uh, vigorously refutes such absurd notions by stating in the clearest possible terms that the Lord Jesus Christ is the creator of angels, in fact, of all beings, whether visible or invisible. And that's what I want us to understand as well, that the fact that Christ is supreme over all of those, he is the creator of all of those things, whether they are visible or invisible, Uh, We must understand that Jesus was not a created being. He's always existed with the Father. You see, Christ reigns supreme over everything. Therefore, everything is subject to him. So, countries, right? They are subject to Christ. The government, they are subject to Christ. The powers of the air, they are subject to Christ Viruses, they are subject to Christ. Stars, right? They shine. Christ causes them to move in whatever direction he causes them to move. The planets, they rotate and spin and revolve around the sun. Again, Christ does that. Right? The galaxies, right, that are placed in heaven or in the heavens, Um, those galaxies, they do what they do because only Christ causes them to do what they do. The universe itself, all things hold together in him. So that's, that's another thing to understand about Christ's preeminence, about Christ's uh, supremacy. That he is before all things and not only that, he's created them for his glory. Right? Christ is not only supreme, but he's also sovereign over his creation. Right? It's not that he creates everything and then it just goes. And he hopes that um, all things will come back to him. Like, no. the, The purpose of all things that were created through him is that they are for him. And he's the one that causes all those things uh, to do what they do for his own glory, right? So, So, yeah, Christ reigns supreme over everything that he's created. Everything. And then we get to verse 17. So, verse 17, it says, And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Okay? What does that mean? Well, before anything, we can say Christ. Christ is. He is before all things. Again, where we're speaking of supremacy here, we're not speaking about just Jesus being a created being. He's just the first created being. And then there's everything else that comes after him. No. Christ is before all things and in Christ, in him, all things hold together. So all things hold together only because he is supreme and sovereign of all that is his, which are all things. You see, Jesus is the sustainer of the universe, right? Like R.C. Sproul says, there is not one maverick molecule in this universe uh, that Christ is not in control of. Because in him, all things hold together. You name it, Christ is the one holding it together. So even though we may look at a maverick molecule, a molecule that is out of control, We can trust in the Lord that he has control over that maverick molecule. So now when we look at this world and we see things that happen and we see pandemics happening. We can trust in the Lord that he is sovereign even over that. And not fear death. Because we know that people die. People die every day. There's. Thousands of babies that die at the abortion mills daily. But we're trusting in the Lord that he is sovereign even over that. And not only that, he is just. You see, when he died on the cross, he died for the sins of his people. Now, all of those whom Christ did not die for, those people will receive their just punishment. Which is the wrath of God. You see, Christ, it says in Scripture that every knee will bow and proclaim that Jesus is Lord, is Yahweh. So, my question would be: uh, Will you bow your knee now? And refer to Him as Lord and not just refer to Him, but believe it. That He is Lord over all things. And He is Lord over your life. He is Lord. Or will you bow your knee after in the day of judgment? You see, I hope it's the latter. I hope, or it's the other. I hope that you bow your knee now and proclaim Christ as Lord. As King and Ruler over all things. As the Supreme Being that He is. Right? The sustainer of the universe. I hope that is the case. And this moves us to trust Christ with all of our being, right? Because then we, we can trust when He gives us commands, like, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, right? Matthew 28, verse 18, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Then he gives a command, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, those disciples, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. There's the Trinity. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And obey. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Praise God for that. But what else can we trust in Christ? Right? So we must understand that this has to be taken as a command from the one who is supreme. When he tells us to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. But also it moves us to trust him when he says things like what is said in verse Uh, John chapter 10, verses 27 through 29. It says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. We can trust Christ when he says things like this. Because we've heard his voice, we heeded his call, and we have bowed our knee before him. We've repented from our sins and put our trust in him. We follow him, but not only that, he gives us eternal life. Jesus gives us eternal life and they will never perish. Praise God for that. Now we can go about our lives here in this world, proclaiming this gospel and never fear because we will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. That means we are totally secure and you can be assured that Christ will never lose his his own. Not one will be snatched out of his hand, his mighty hand, his sovereign hand, his supreme hand. Verse 29, my father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. So not only are we in Christ, but we're also in the Father. And I I and the Father are one, it says. Praise God for that. Because what Jesus is proclaiming here now is that he is God. So we can trust things like this. We can trust now when God tells us to cast our anxieties onto him for he will give us rest. Why? Because all things hold together in him and he is supreme over all things. So your anxieties, your depression, whatever the case may be, come to Christ. Acknowledge that there is wrong in this world, but not only that. Acknowledge that you have sinned against the holy God and that you understand that there are consequences to that. It put Jesus on the cross, right? He died uh, for the sins of his people. Repenting of your sins and putting your faith, your trust in Christ alone for the salvation of your soul. Knowing that what Christ did has been accomplished, right? On the cross, he said it is finished and he gave his last breath. You would think that is an odd thing to say before he dies because you would be like, is what finished? You just died. But what he was accomplishing there is that he was taking upon himself the sins of the world, all of those who would trust in him. And he's completed what he has come to do. And that is the will of the father, that he shall lose none of which the father has given him. Which is why Jesus says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. And why is that? Because Christ took our place of punishment. You see, Jesus took upon himself the wrath of God. And that's why he was in anguish when he was in the garden. And he asked the two disciples he took with him to pray with him. To the point where he bled, right? You could say that his capillaries bursted and caused him to sweat blood. That's how much an anguish Christ was because he understood uh, that God's wrath is a serious thing. So us as well, we must understand that God's wrath is a serious thing. And this should motivate us to want to Give the gospel to everyone, right? Do not hold back from this gospel. This is precious. We're talking about people's eternity here. And we must trust in the Lord that he is sovereign over all, that he is preeminent over all things. He is the firstborn of all creation, that he is the image of the invisible God. And he calls us to proclaim this gospel about him, that he has come to make a way for us through the cross. And by repenting from our sins and putting putting our trust in him that we can have eternal life so that we may live a life uh that is filling a life with christ forever right we must seek this because this is the ultimate joy that we are after this world will not give us the joy that christ gives us and christ has given it to us now so we must not be grumblers walking uh, in God's world. Uh, we must rejoice and rejoice always, as Paul says in 1 Thessalonians. Like, always be rejoicing. Pray without ceasing. Um, we are to be a praying people as well. So, do not withhold the gospel from anybody, but share it, give it to people. Tell them this is God's grace. So, this is Christ, the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation, and all things were created by Him and for Him. So we must believe that, trust that, and uh, yeah, just go about your day, whether it's at work or everywhere, anywhere else, wherever you go. Um, have this in mind. This is "Follow Me to Heaven" with Jonathan Romero. do 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 do